We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's good, legends out there listening? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. If you haven't listened to the earlier episodes this week, this is the third episode of the week. The Monday episode was the Top QB series is continuing. We are getting some good feedback due to the graphics that are starting to circulate and more and more people are going back to listen to those, which was the whole plan from the beginning. Top 25 QBs of the 2000s. The latest episode was 15 through 11. And this is where it starts to get funky, folks. So if you haven't checked out those episodes, they're very evergreen. Definitely go and check those out. Top 25 to 21, 20 to 16. 15 to 11 have all been released and then on monday this monday coming up we have 10 through 6 coming out alan and i are cracking our top 10s those episodes have been posted way in advance on the vm patreon that is patreon.com slash veterans minimum while we're at it with the patreon brother let's just bang it out real quick nick chavez ryan pisner christopher velasquez bo clore Corey johnson hoops Derek pleates and Daniel Gibson, thank you all so much for your contributions to the franchise tag and to the Supermax. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying the extra content and the Discord server that is starting to get more and more active due to this outbreak and us having so much time on our hands, which I also jumped on a Instagram live on Wednesday, the Wednesday episode with my buddy Mustafa Gonim. Mustafa does a lot of public speaking with Dr. Eric Thomas and... All those guys over there, uh, motivational stuff, really cool conversation. We kind of just talked about how I've been looking at the coronavirus lockdown as a great blessing and something that I don't know we've ever experienced, my generation has ever experienced, you know, the under 30s, under 35s, hell, even the under 40s where we've had this much time off sort of forced on us. Um, 
so I'm taking advantage of that free time. My body feels super rested. I haven't had this much rest since high school summers when I had two months off. But I don't want to get too sidetracked. Shout out to all the members of the Patreon. Hopefully you guys are enjoying that. And I want to tell you guys a little bit about the guest today. Man, oh man, what a fun conversation. What a good, genuine dude. His name is Michael Mardones. Hope I said that right. But some of you in the MMA and the content world know him as Lazy to Savage. He is not a journalist per his YouTube channel that has over 4 million hits. Not a journalist, just a videographer trying to bring you cool shit to watch. And I think that's exactly how I would describe him. This dude, if you go down the list of the people that he knows in the MMA world, um, shit, you'd need... You're talking about Mount Rushmore caliber people, right? The Diaz brothers, Nate and Nick Diaz. He's done content and videoed camps for Luke Rockhold, Daniel Cormier, Jessica Evil Eye, which that episode, the podcast and show with Jessica Eye is coming out next Thursday. Mike actually is the one that set that up. So shout out to Mike. Lazy to Savage. Most well-known, I guess you could say. Uh, most known for, Jesus Christ, the English is impeccable today. For his work with Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey, uh, whether it was her MMA career uh, coming up in the MMA scene and all the stuff that she did with the WWE um, about a year and change ago, it's a really dope conversation, man. We recorded it together. I pulled up by his crib and while I was in Vegas for 248. So if you hear us talk about Vegas that weekend, Vegas this weekend, it's because I was out there for the fights. But man, he's done so much for me. And uh, he, he didn't even know how much he's done for me. So Mike, if you're listening to this, I appreciate you, bro. Much love as always. And thank you for all that you're doing for me. And uh, it goes back to what I always say, man. You just got to be nice. Just be nice. Don't be a dick. And people will go out their way for you. So I want you guys to enjoy this one. Let me know what you think. This is a guy that I've been wanting to get on the show for a long, long time. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my chat with Lazy to Savage. I just like the sound of it. Yes, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. Today, I got a guest that I've been looking forward to linking up with again, talking to, as the puppy is chewing on this bacon right now, I think. She never eats that shit, ever. No? No, and now so, she just decides, to, like, you guys are doing a podcast, I'm just going to eat something really loud and obnoxious right next to you guys. <laughs> My guy, Mike, Lazy the Savage, as he's known in the MMA world and all over the internet. Mike, what's good, bro? Oh, man, just uh, getting ready for this fight weekend. I'm pretty stoked on it. This uh, main event between Izzy and uh, Yoel, something to be pretty pumped on, bro. And Yeah, I'm stoked on this uh Israel Adesanya. Is that how you say his last name? I Adesanya, yeah. yeah. I, I fuck it Sometimes up I just time. call him Izzy because yeah, it's just it's like the, way it's simpler. the easiest to, thing to do, right? Yeah. Man, some of these names are crazy. I still can't 
pronounce uh, Joanna's name, so I just call her JJ or yep. just Joanna. Works for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone knows what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, but, that's but, great. But man, dude, I um. Shit, some, when's the last time we saw each other? We saw each other. Uh, SummerSlam in Brooklyn. That's right. Almost about a year and a half ago. God, I was hammered that night. Yo, we it was it was funny. I don't know how much you'll remember of it, but I remember uh, when we we linked up. <sighs> And um, cause I'm everyone knows this, but I'm born and raised in New York. So you came out. Shout out to Jen too, man, cause she's the one that like introduced both of us. Mad love for her. And we went out, and you're like, "Yo, bro, I'm always working and shit." He's like, "I just want to get drunk. I just want to go out and have <laughs> yeah. a good time. Like, show me a good time." We just went out, and at one point, you turned to me like, "Yo, man, you a good time, bro." He's like, "I fuck with you." Uh, I was like, "Oh, thank you, man. I try my best to show people a good time." Yeah, I don't remember too much. I just remember I, I seen some pictures recently that flashback. I get this app that brings up shit that you did like a year ago, two years ago. And I saw those pictures recently. Because uh, when is SummerSlam? That's usually like what? Uh, August. August? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And I was like, oh, God, that was a fucking rough night, I bet. Um, but, dude, yeah, we were. I worked my ass off on tour. So blowing off some steam was crucial. Um, and SummerSlam in Brooklyn. Uh, what was what was uh, Ronda's match for SummerSlam? Alexa. Alexa Bliss. Oh, she went in and smoked her home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah. were not happy, but. Yeah, um, but what do you expect? You know, right. how can you sell that any other way? And they did what they needed to do with. Alexa was such a team player. Being on tour with her was such a pleasure. She was such a joy to be around and work with. And it was just it was such a shame that, um, you know, accidents happen in pro wrestling. And, um, you know, not to. They they would never place blame on one or the other, you know. Just shit happens, right? Um, and unfortunately, Alexa, you know, got roughed up pretty bad a couple times, and uh, enough to put put her on the sideline for a bit. And I felt awful because, in my eyes, she's probably the best female performer um, on the roster. I mean, maybe one of the best female heels of all time, yeah, if not she just was heels dope. in general. I just thought she was great, so. Um, yeah, a lot of fun being on the tour. SummerSlam, hey, good you're, times. You're talking about the, and, and I'm definitely going to get back to SummerSlam at some point because it's, it's something I got to tell you that you don't know much about with that. But it's a good thing, though. I don't want to get you nervous. Oh, you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, man, tell, uh, you know, you're mentioning the tour one night and you mentioned Ronda in passing. You're like, everyone that I've met out here in Vegas or anyone that's in the MMA community, they, they know who you are. And I told you that no one said anything bad about you. And you were like, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I just get along with everybody, man. But I feel like, you know, uh, uh, once you work for, like, you know, someone like Rhonda, of course, everyone is going to, you know, have nice things to say about you. I really appreciate those that helped me up along my 10-year journey when I was, like, just begging for media credentials just so i could like cover the sport that i loved you know i would have done it for free i did do i paid i'm not talking about doing it for free i paid my own money to like cover this shit and told my dad when i was like god i don't know how old i was like dad i'm being involved in mma i don't know what the fuck i'm gonna do exactly but you know i'm gonna this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna be you know this is how i'm gonna make money so pay my rent until that, please. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, hey man, uh, you're talking to someone right now that yeah. came out here with no credentials, nothing, and I just do, <laughs> like you said, just being cool to people and 
they blessed it. Like some people blessed it. I got to meet some folks, and yeah, I definitely told my parents to hold me down with the rep for the time being. Yeah, I, I do. Eventually, I got the boot, but uh, you know, I think it was a it was a good thing. Um, and uh, yeah, eventually ended up in Stockton and um, left LA and, and ended up in Stockton with Nate Diaz. And yeah, uh, Yo, you got to tell that story, bro. How that. Cause you you told me about it with the YouTube video and how you just yeah went that over was there. crazy when Nick come yep. I remember being such a fanboy back in the day it's, it everything changes when you like actually like meet and go through a fight camp and you understand what goes into being a a fighter um, it's fucking nuts man and uh, most of the fighters that I I've done camp with you're walking on eggshells around them because. Everything is so fragile mentally, and anything can go wrong at any given time. But uh, yeah, oh fuck, what was I saying? Where was I going with that? About about Nate and and oh how, yeah, how yeah, you linked up with that because you you told me this story when we first linked up, and I I think it's yeah, I, I think was, it's I was a, a dope big ass fan. I was just I was remember I was fresh out of the navy and I was editing like videos and shit, and uh, Nick Diaz was my my favorite fighter. I mean, he was just the most fun to watch, and he was from my hometown from my. I'm, I'm from Hillmark, California, which is 45 minutes outside of Stockton. We're, I'm a 209 boy, too. So, and like, I was raised there. And uh, so, and we don't have shit out there, you know? So, if you get somebody that's repping your shitty-ass neck of the woods, Word. you're going to take a lot of pride yeah, in I it. Can't, so, I can't front. I know nothing about Stockton outside of the It's Diaz a shithole. Everybody knows it's a shithole. I mean, it's... Um, but, you know, those that live there somehow fucking seem a way to love it. I turned into, like, a psychopath being there and just wanted... When I was living there, all I wanted to do was train, train, train. And uh, I was obsessed with training and and then got my arm broken. And then, you know, but that was, you know, another story. But, yeah, I remember making YouTube videos of the Navy. And I made a highlight of Nick Diaz. And his he commented on my shit. And Nick was big on YouTube back in the day. He would... You could see he was always on YouTube. He was, you know, sharing shit. And uh, how far back are we talking? Oh my God, this had to have been like. I remember what you told me. It was his Strike Force days, right? Oh yeah, uh, Elite XC. You're talking about Elite XC shit, and so uh, four. yeah, fuck man, he was. Um. Yeah, man, I remember selling my bass guitar that my dad bought me for Christmas to buy tickets to go see Nick Diaz versus Frank Shamrock. Worth every fucking penny. I never wanted to play the bass entirely, really, but you know what? I needed to be at that fucking fight. Yeah. Man. man, that's an iconic that was an fight. epic fight. Talking bro, so much you know? shit to him. But uh, yeah, I remember Nick commenting on the video. He was like, this is the dopest shit I've ever seen. And then he messaged me. And he was like, you know, come smoke. And I'm like geeking out, you know? Um, total fanboy at the time. And it was fucking hilarious. But we ended up going out a few times. And. Uh, yeah, God, because <laughs> I was that fan, you know. I was the tap out shirt wearing fucking affliction. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I was that guy, man. And but you know, when you saw uh, back then, when you saw somebody wearing a tap out shirt, it was like you you knew that they were they watching. Were, the, they were a hardcore fan because were. they that they didn't tap out didn't even own their own domain back then. It was like. Inyourface.com is how you had to get their shit. And if you saw somebody wearing tap out, you were like, dude. It was like a cult. Yeah, let's talk. You word, know, word. especially at the bar, you're like, fuck, bro. Like, who's your favorite fighter? Did you see those fights? Yeah. And like, and that was cool. For me, that was like the most fun, um, as cringeworthy 
as it is to look back on it now it that was the most exciting and most fun i I think i was having at the time but yeah hanging out with nick i mean shit for me that was just like you know i fucking the coolest shit i mean i always say imagine um fuck i mean rest his soul but imagine being a lakers fan and and Kobe bryant is your favorite player and you're like one day i'm gonna work for the lakers and Kobe bryant's gonna be my best friend yeah, like, and yeah, all yeah. The, everybody's gonna be like yeah fuck off bro like yeah. you know um well that shit fucking happened and, and not only with nick but with numerous other fighters i'm really close with and have developed awesome relationships with i mean some of the best fighters in the world and boxers mma fighters you name it so and now pro wrestling so yeah it's a trip life is a trip the internet is fucking dope <laughs> yeah man i mean that's shit that's how we linked up yeah. with the internet it's crazy it's a crazy place man it's really wild my favorite thing was um i've noticed some of the the people that you've worked with i mean the list of of names it just goes on and on from ronda rousey you've done stuff with dc i know he's a he's a friend of yours diaz brothers man you you did uh some stuff with luke too luke rock yeah luke is my f- dude I couldn't say enough good things about that guy. Yo, Luke. doesn't he get a bad rep? Oh yeah, yeah of course he does. <laughs> but uh, yo, because he, he knows it. You know what sucks, dude? Is like if you knew Luke personally, like Luke is the type. Uh, if if you're close to Luke, he he'll give you the shirt off his back. He'll do anything. I mean, he literally he scooped me out of a bad fucking time um, going through a shitty relationship back in the day, and. Uh, I was pretty much done with everything. I was so, like, just fucking over everything. And he kind of scooped me up off the floor, remolded me. We started working. He started getting me back in shape. Um, I lived with him. Um, and he was paying me to film him. And he just fucking kind of rebuilt my my confidence to want to shoot. And then from then, uh, I'm from or through him, I became friends with all the boys in AKA, of course, DC, who in again in turn hired me. Um, Khabib, uh, all those guys, uh, Javier Mendez, the head coach. I mean, they've all treated me like family over there. Um, you know, and yeah, it's just it's fucking Luke. Luke does get a bad rap because he's a fucking great guy. Great guy. Yo, so I I met him at uh, SummerSlam and. I had told <laughs> yeah. I had told Jen, and then you yeah. found out after, because uh, you blessed me with a ticket for SummerSlam also, because I remember I didn't have a ticket. I was going through some shit in 2018, so I didn't buy the ticket for SummerSlam. Were we sitting next to No, that's probably backstage. Nah, huh? you, you came out for like th- four minutes. Dude, You're it's fucking... all I could ever do. I tried to do as much as possible when I was on tour, but yeah, it was hard for me. Yeah, you were constantly running, but I remember, so we, we link up. Well, anyway, the the first night that we go out, you're like, yo, you don't got a ticket for SummerSlam? I was like, nah, man, but I'm going to NXT. He's like, you're like, yo, fuck that. You got a ticket for SummerSlam. I got you. I was like, all right, cool. I'm not going to fight you over this. So yeah. definitely the night before, right? Yeah, 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 the night before. But then I had told Jen, and then uh, I guess she must have told you, but I was like, yo, I'm a big Luke Rockhold fan. Like, that. he's one of my, my favorite fighters. Because I like, like, everything is wrestling. Right, mm-hmm. like everything, I feel like everything in life is wrestling. So sometimes he plays that character just to, like Colby Covington. This whole, yeah, I think what he's doing is great. By the way, um, yeah, I mean, dude, he went from being cut in the UFC to being one of their biggest names. Yeah, and Dana hates it, and I love it. I yeah. love every second of it. 
I love that Dana hates it so much and that it's it's thriving. And I'll tell you what, dude, close ass fucking fight. Yeah, uh, that Usman fight. Yeah, I love. I could watch those two. That for me, that was fucking Ivan Drago versus Rocky, dude. Like they fought their asses off, and uh, I'll watch them fight any day, every day. Um, I can't believe they're not just automatically running that. Yeah, back. I know. It's it usually my mind. title fights like that when it goes that Come way. Come on, bro. It was yeah. a split, no? Nah, he, was, he finished them in the fifth oh, round. Oh, that's right. That's like right. 30 seconds. That, that's a fight that I wish kind of went the stoppage was yeah. the, the stoppage was a little bit uh, questionable. I remember that. But, but yeah, I want to go back to, to Luke Rockhold because <laughs> there was a, a point where um, you just pull up to me and you're like, yo, you're going to sit with Luke. Is that cool? I was like, first of all, who the fuck you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, Rockhold. I was like, oh, that's cool, man. Just put me next to one of my favorite fighters. I'm trying not to. Yeah, my bad. And like, yo, he was he was cool, man. He bought me a drink. Yeah. He bought me shots. He, I, I think he was microdosing mushrooms that night, too. So that was pretty cool. So I call <laughs> that a good vibe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but yo, uh, it was funny because I, I went to use the bathroom. May not, he allegedly may or may not have been. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that's so awesome. I remember I came out, I came out the bathroom, and I think Jen told him that, uh, you know, that kid, like, cause we, I was vibing, I was sitting next to him, cause at one point Jen went with you backstage too, so it's just me and him out there, so we're just like talking and shit, shooting the shit. He's like, "Yo, you want to go get a drink?" I was like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" So I go to the bathroom, I come out, and he just puts his arm around me. He's like, "Hey, buddy," he's like. What we drinking? I was like, bro, did she tell you that he, he started, them two started laughing? Yeah. I was like, all right, man, I'm not going to fanboy, but you're one of my favorite fighters. Yeah, I was like, fine. I'll take a Jameson. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he was cool, man, because, yo, you actually gave me some advice one of the first times I met you. And uh, that shit has resonated with me, bro, when you were like, don't always be excited to meet your heroes. Or yeah, the people can, you're fans it can of. be disappointing sometimes. And, uh, bro, I say that shit all the time. I'm like, dude, oof. this guy Mike told me that. And. I, I always, ever since then, bro, no lie, and I'm getting chills talking about this, I set the bar real low on people. And I remember asking you one time, I was like, yo, is Stone Cold dope? And you're like, yeah, Stone Cold is dope. Yeah. And then from then, I was like, all right, cool, because that's the only person that I'd probably, like, super mark out over. Oh, I geeked out so hard, and when I was on tour with the WWE, it was, uh, it was funny. It was hard not to. Luckily, I was old enough to, like, know how to hold it in now, you mm. know, um, by that time. But, yeah. All my childhood memories were coming back, so I felt like a kid again, you know? Like, it was... I'll never forget, you know, I'm just... I'm recording these practices with Ronda, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, which are totally private. You know, got um, we're in a private ring with black curtains all around. No one knows what's going on. Kurt Angle was the WrestleMania. This is, like, the debut match. And... Um, in walks fucking Shawn Michaels. I'm like, dude, you gotta be shitting me, bro. So like, enough, I got Kurt Angle. Yeah, and I'm, I'm already trying not to like, because I've been in love with Stephanie McMahon since fucking football yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm head over here. I, I can't help but gawk at her all the time. And like Triple H is like right there and he's like the most intimidating looking motherfucker I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. A nicest guy ever, man. He's awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, he's got a way of commanding a presence and... Uh, yeah, it makes you not want to look at his wife. That's for sure. You know what I'm saying? But it was just, it was very, uh, it was fuck, it was fucking cool, man. And it was surreal. I was just, I knew that, you know, eight, nine year old, ten year old me would be losing his fucking mind. And I was, I was still geeking out. But at the same time, I was working and, um, 
but you know you meet you meet people every now and again that are just it's disappointing you're like fuck i had i was really hoping you know and uh um and it happens more often than you would like for sure especially when you're meeting so many people um and i'll tell you what i've also seen those same people i've interacted with them when i'm not around ronda they don't know who i'm with or you know what i'm doing then i see them when i'm with ronda or with so and so and it's completely different and i'm like uh but i can see that from a mile away yeah and that's unfortunate you learn you learn through experience like kind of who's already going to ask you for shit who's already going to be a dick when they have nothing to gain from you that kind of stuff um but you know you just try to be nice to everybody and just hope that they're nice to you that's kind of my method motto yeah, um, that that's kind of how I am too, man. Like, I'm, I'm sure there's times where I meet people when I'm with certain people, and then they look at you different, like friends by association kind of thing. Yeah, you know. But man, I want to go back to SummerSlam. So that um that week, bro, I'm not even bullshitting you. I don't know if I'd be around if it wasn't for that week. <laughs> really? Yeah, man. I had like a 2018 from hell. Like 2018 was the worst year of my life, and I can't even tell you what the like the number two seed would be like it was bad i was going through some shit i was depressed i fucking i had told you a little bit about it how like i was gonna be a cop so i paid like twenty five thousand dollars out of my own pocket to fight this speeding ticket i was going through so i was just going through so so much shit mm. i had braces on and i was 26 you know how hard it is to hit on chicks at the <laughs> yeah, bar when you got bro. braces on like yeah. that shit was awkward yeah. but man i was going through so much and i was just like yo SummerSlam is gonna be dope if i could just get to that week you know, talking to Jen, talking to you, her telling me about you, like, yo, you're going to have a good time. We'll show you around and whatnot. And, man, from then on, it was just like, like, those five days, I'm a big Giants fan. Like, outside of the Giants winning the Super Bowl and being <laughs> at both of those, like, bro, that was the best, like, week of my life. I'm glad, man, because I had a great time. And I, like I said, looking back at those pictures, we were fucked up, but you can tell we were having a blast. So, yeah, it's all. I'm. I'm so glad I have photos and videos and stuff like that because I wouldn't remember shit to be honest. And I'm. I'm glad you had a great time, dude. And um, SummerSlam. I'm glad you got to enjoy that because, dude, um, those type of experiences, dude. People would literally give an arm and a leg to like. Yeah, I remember you were like, "Yo, we're not in the front row. We're like four rows back." I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> yeah, no, I'm always. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you see the two hundreds. That's where your boy's always at. You're telling yeah. Me. But WWE used to take such good care. I mean, I, when we were on tour, anything we wanted. Um, and, you know, we pulled those tickets last minute. Um, if a little bit of notice in advance, because there's nothing like sitting front row. I, I mean, that that's as close as you get to actually being in the actual race right. car. You know what I'm saying? You feel like you're part of the show. And um, it's, it's a hell of an experience that, at a WWE show, if anybody ever has the opportunity, do I not tell people, pass on that. What I've started doing now is I take my friends that aren't wrestling fans. Yeah. I'm like, yo, just come with me. So I'm telling you, you'll, you'll appreciate it more when you see it in person. Dude, that's how I got Jen in. And for those that don't know, like Jen is um, one of our best friends. Uh, I've lived with Jen for, oh, fuck, I don't even know how long now. Um, she is one of the greatest people on the planet. But I remember Jen living with me. I moved Jen in with me originally and uh I was I came back from working I'm like hey man I gotta I, I hate to do this to you but I got like two weeks worth of wrestling it was like 
it was WrestleMania and then Raw after Mania, which are, that's yeah. the shit, you know? Right. So I'm like, dude, I got to watch this. And I'm explaining to Jen, I'm like, look, this isn't real. I, I mean, it's not, I don't want to say it's not real, but here's what's going on. I have friends that are performers and like, that are trying, and I explained to her, you know, the art of pro wrestling and how hard it is to captivate a crowd with no fucking cut, you know, yeah, like a restart. No, you are live. So, if you fuck up, you are fucked up. And so, um, and it takes seeing a bad pro wrestler to appreciate a good pro wrestler. And, dude, the a Raw after Mania, that did it for Jen. She saw how into the crowd or the crowd was into the show and how they influenced the show. Mm-hmm. And then from then on, we started. I started taking her to, like, indie wrestling shows. And psh, I created a monster after that. <laughs> she yeah. surpassed you. Oh, fandom. my God. She knows more about pro wrestling and knows who's. And it's just insane. She became, like, a, a historian almost. It's pretty fucking funny. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, good times, dude. Yeah, what would you say from – I know this this might be a wild one, and I'm going to have to make you think now – but what's some of the weirdest interactions you've seen fans have with? Oh, you mean watching people just completely <laughs> yeah, yeah, nerd or, or, or out or like, cry? Like, or, look, let, let, let's not play games. Ronda Rousey at the time when you were with her it was a fucking on the Mount Rushmore yeah. of iconic. People names. still cry when they meet Ronda. Or they yeah, shake. They're but I'm saying like, yo, Ronda Rousey was uh, she's an icon, bro. Mm-hmm. Like she's in the Mount Rushmore of the UFC, in my sure. opinion. And Absolutely. like when it comes to women's sports, if you really think about it, like you line up the timeline of when, whether it was the Divas Revolution or just like women's empowerment in sports, it's when fucking Ronda was tapping people out left and right and was becoming a megastar. So I'm sure in your heyday, you've seen some shit when a fan or something comes up to someone like that. I've seen other celebrities geek out over Ronda, bro. I mean, it's it's pretty. She had a presence and she was definitely captivating and. I mean, can control a room. She's proven, obviously, that she still has the capability of doing that. You know, she showed um, she was captivating in the WWE. I mean, everybody was tuning in. I mean, the ratings were through the roof. Yeah. Every, every segment she was on um, was getting massive attention. Um, and I, fuck, man, she got thrown into the fucking pit and, you know, she fought her way up, and she earned everything that she got. Like, but of course they threw the title on her right away. How could you not? Right. Yeah. You you're going to shot that fucking much money and not throw the yeah, title yeah. on her. I mean, that was no. a layup. That was yeah. not a surprise. But let me tell you something. Ronda put so much pressure on herself um, that she just had to perform. But yeah, going back to like watching fans geek out and stuff like that, we've I, I've seen it all. But people can get really creepy. People can get really like stalkerish, and it's not fun to like have people constantly like watching you mm. or videotaping you and like like paparazzi shit. Yeah, right? and even just regular people just pulling out their phone like you're a fucking animal in the zoo or something, and just snapping photos of you or like, um, yeah, and you just never know what you can say and who you can say it around and, um. So, yeah, it becomes a little bit, you know, a little shitty. But at the same time, dude, fucking awesome. We get, There's awesome people out there that are super stoked and go out of the way for us. And, um, yeah, the Delta red cars, that's a real thing. I don't know if you've heard about the red Porsches that drive you from the 
directly to the plane. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's super VIP shit. Yeah. That's, I that's, thought it was all a legend and a myth to avoid, like, the paparazzi and shit. No, that's real shit. Um, but, uh, because it's overwhelming, dude. Especially every airport you land in um, is just... You got fans waiting there. Bro, at- I couldn't believe the one time that I came to the hotel where you guys were staying at. Yeah. It was mayhem. Oh, they, they camp out there. And it was like... 1 30 in the yeah. morning and hey, it was packed yeah and let me tell you something i respect the grind of the autographer i know how hard they're out there fucking you know they're going to the, these locations you know they're spending their own money investing in their hopes that they can catch ronda coming out that'll sign five prints um ronda only signs one though so because she knows they're going straight on ebay and um but I kind of like um, Conor McGregor's theory on it, and he respects the hustle too. He's like, "Fuck it, they're gonna take time." Blah blah. blah. You know, that's I, I wonder if that's changed now that he's a fucking well, global yeah, megastar. Yeah. But it might be a lot more. Yeah, come on. Um, so I don't, and I don't blame him because it's it can be annoying, um, especially when you know that these aren't the ones that are really supporting you, because um, you can tell the ones that are wearing your gear. You know, the ones that are really, you know, team whoever you're on, um, you know it from from the minute you see them and their interaction with you. And then you know who's just trying to get an autograph so they can go on the internet. So, um, but. The camera in the face got to be weird, no? Oh, getting ran up on by TMZ all the time? Yeah. And I, like, Ronda's her own animal. There's, like, I try to maybe offer what I think is my outside opinion. What in my mind, I probably think is a good idea at the time. But you know, Ron is she's very clever in the way she handles a lot of her situations and um, dealing with the media. She's she's gotten through to them. Like, don't fuck with me. And you catch more flies with honey than you do vinegar. And so Rhonda has people that she knows that she's like, look, if you guys want something from me, don't run up on me. But yet, it still happens sometimes. Oh, it gotta be weird though. Like someone sprinting at you. You don't know, especially nowadays. Like, yeah, we've tried so hard to dodge them too, and it's just like um, in Venice, they used to hang out outside the house, um, and everyone knew. That's why I think I think it's one of the main reasons Ronda left Venice um, because she was too noticeable, and everybody knew. Eventually, she just to such stardom yeah people knew well the internet you know you you watch someone like that walk into it you know she had her house stuck out like a sore thumb i'm sure she didn't live cheap yeah i mean (laughs) even then it was just like not hard to spot her going in and out and uh and she you know used to walk the boardwalk all the time now she you know i i bet she hasn't walked the boardwalk in five six years probably can imagine it sucks man because when i met rondo it was fun we used to go to like i'll never forget coming home from stockton me her and cody mckenzie passing six flags and being like fuck it you guys want to go and we just pulled in and we were like it was so dead that day that like we thought the park was closed when we pulled up and it was just dude we and no one knew us no one gave a fuck right um it was one of the greatest times ever we made a youtube video i think i put it online um but uh yeah, those were those were good times. Uh, she hates going out in public and stuff like that now because we dealt with everything from stalkers that were following um, 
her on tour. That was really crazy. Anyone ever try to pick fights? Um, Maybe not with her, but just like because Ronda Ronda's gotten pissed off a couple times because people get touchy and feely, and you know, it's their one time to you know see Ronda, and they like try and grab her and like physically like turn her around so that she can you see know, them. Dude, don't fucking touch her, man. Yeah. She will fuck yeah, you about up. This? Don't touch anyone. Like yeah, that. keep your hands to yourself yeah. for sure. Um, but what about when like you've hung out with the Diaz brothers or or you know Luke Rockhold? Like, cause dude, my buddy Jared, shout out to Jared, Jared Gordon. He fights in the UFC. He's in the one fifty five division, and like in our even in our hometown now in Astoria in Queens, like people know that he's a UFC fighter. Yeah. Like Barzil spotlight him fighting oh Astoria's own jared gordon whatever and like we'll go out to bars and he don't drink now that dude's been through a lot of shit so he's just like he comes out and hangs out we get food and whatnot and like you just it always starts the same way like guys like oh so you're a ufc fighter starts pinching his bicep Uh, oh i could take you i could take you and jared's like oh my god here we go and then eventually we're just telling the guy we're like yo like what are you trying to prove like bare muscles like come on man here comes the money here we go money talks Time to pay some bills with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB. You might think that there's nothing to bet on. Well, congrats. You'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on. Or they can bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. Open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. Might have to dabble in that. You know what I'm saying? If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and the weather. Visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE. That is BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Dude, have you ever uh, do? You, the typical MMA fan is drives me fucking nuts, man. And I always sit next to that guy at the fights. I always sit next to the guy who's like, sweep the leg, put him in the body bag. Uh, you know, like it's just the same stupidest shit, and uh, it's it. Drives me crazy. I'd much rather watch at home or be there with a set of headphones on or something, dude. Because uh, sitting next to the wrong people like that can kill a fucking. Oh, it can kill a whole me. event. Yeah. Um, you ever sat at a house party and someone just like? Oh, dude. And and that's the one. That's the one person that wants to be the loudest and have the biggest and boldest opinions. You're like, bro, shut the fuck up. Shut up. I didn't yeah. have a train a day in your life. No. We actually we, we actually um we were watching uh the Jones Reyes fight at my buddy's crib, my buddy Josh. We always like get together and instead of paying eighty dollars for people, we were like, Yeah, we'll throw in like ten bucks each, get some pizza and shit, grab some beers. Sure. So but there's there's that one guy that's always <laughs> at the parties. And at one point, bro, like I swear to you, I just turned to him and I'm like, Read the fucking room, bro. Yeah. Like no one wants to hear you. Yeah. Like, because we can't have the TV on too loud because he lives in an apartment building and usually the cards out by us, which is another reason why I fucking sweat you for living in the West Coast because yeah. UFC tomorrow is going to end at like, what, 9 p.m.? Oh, it's beautiful. So you could go get dinner, oh, and chill with your lady, the and then go out to the club yep. after, whereas out in New York, 
You guys are done at like 1 a.m. I'm like, yes. fuck yeah, I'm going to go to sleep at this point. <laughs> so we can't have the TV on too loud. And he's just, we're trying to listen to the interviews. We're trying to listen to the post-fight interviews. And yeah. he's just yelling. And I'm just going, bro, read the room. Like, fuck, pay yep. attention. So that's that's your luck. You always sit next to that guy? Oh, dude, it happens every fucking time. Um, but, you know, I did think was fucking hilarious. Have you ever seen the video of the twist his dick guy? It's like, twist his dick. Oh, Give him the old dick twist. I'm like, now that's fucking hilarious. Um I'll sit next to that guy. I've had some funny experiences like that. Um, one time I was sitting next to Dan Hardy. We were watching a fight together back in the day. We had some. It, it was like, um, you know, not an amateur show, but definitely not like a top show. And uh, this guy was just, he was being the most obnoxious. But, dude, me, and at first I thought he was going to piss Dan off. But by the end of it, dude, I don't know if it was because I was high as fuck or if Dan has high tolerance for people, but I started laughing hysterically. Uh, I think we called him the YouTube sensation. Um, and we, I used to, you know, me, I'm, I pull out the camera when shit like that starts <laughs> happening. That's my MO, bro. I'm starting to record. So I get the, like this epic clips of this fucking guy just harassing Dan and every fighter. Um, and we just put like a highlight together. Of this guy just being absolutely obnoxious, but yeah, that's so typical. It seems like not so much at boxing though. I feel like when I really? go, to, yeah, when I when I go to boxing matches, it also feels like an older crowd. Yeah, um, maybe the the audience probably is too, because I feel like a lot of older heads fuck with boxing way more than MMA. Yeah, um, I feel like I th I think MMA to like you're not that much older than me, so like our our generation. MMA is what boxing was to like the older heads. Yeah, uh, and because there's more, uh, I hate to cut you off, but there's more big fights like heavyweight boxing. It just made a resurgence. What 18 months ago? You yeah, I watched that shit again too. Fury and Wilder. Oh again. yeah, definitely. Yeah, that shit was dope. Um, I love boxing. I used to work for uh, Marcus Viegas um, for Fight Hub TV back in the day, and he blessed me with the opportunity of being able to cover. Uh, numerous amounts of boxing matches. Some of the biggest fights of all. I did Ma uh, Mayweather Pacquiao. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, that was fucking awesome to be a part of that. Oh, like, yeah. I did uh, Mayweather Canelo. Um, uh, I Yeah, I did some massive fights and had access and tickets. Dude, the media credential tickets alone. And, you know, you're not supposed to geek out and you're supposed to be, you know, non-biased and shit. Um, which I learned later on in life. My Strike Force days, dude. I used to Strike Force used to credential me back in the day, um, and they were they were awesome. But they knew that I was pro Diaz, and you know at the time for sure I was just like all about them. You know, uh, I would rock like Diaz sweatshirts to the fights and shit, which is like, dude, it's a massive no no when you're sitting in press row and um to be honest though i had no business uh in the media anyway but i mean i, I guess i did i guess i did because i was filming dope shit back then i was i was pulling some fucking great content um today today was the first like uh come to jesus moment for me i went to the official weigh-ins oh yeah those were, those were pretty fun and it, it was it was weird it was kind of like Everyone was mad quiet, just waiting for everyone to to make the wait. Like, no, nah, I didn't go to the. I went to the ceremonial ones. Oh, oh like, you went I to went, the early morning. I went one. to the official. Oh official yeah, one. shit. So I was like quiet, and 
that was the first one where I was just like, damn, this yeah. is this is crazy. I've been into some of those and it's all good. And I've been to some of those where it's not all good. And let me tell you something. When you don't make weight, it's the most stressful shit ever. People don't understand how hard and what you put your body through and the amount of weight that these fighters are cutting sometimes and shit goes wrong, man, with your body and, and like Especially for the females, I feel like. Uh, other than Ronda, she was just a fucking machine. That one, uh, she could cut 25 pounds in 24 hours. If you, if Bro, you Luke Rockhold told me that when, when I met him at SummerSlam, he was 215. Yeah, he walks around 215, then and he just he cut to 185. 185. He was Skeletor. Yeah. He used to lose his mind. He, I, I always knew Luke was losing his mind when he'd start singing. He would make <laughs> up country songs and like just start singing random shit. And... Uh, I was like, oh, Luke, he must be close. He must be on weight. You know what I'm saying? Because, uh, yeah, you put your body through some shit, man. Um, but I've been, you know, uh, we all remember Daniel Cormier's little towel, uh, towel trick. <laughs> hey, props to him. Whatever. Fuck it. But um, that was one of the most fucking, uh, that was like an emotional roller coaster because I was you know, with Daniel during that whole weight cut and shit. And, uh, it was fucking brutal, man. Now, what is it sometimes that they can't make weight? Is it that they didn't start body, dieting early Body stops sweating. Your fucking back starts to go out, spasm. Um, I've seen people pass out, uh, faint, you know, uh, shit. I remember, uh, who was it? Maybe Marina Shafir when she used to cut and she used to cut a lot of weight. Um, to make 145 and um now she's in phenomenal shape now she's in the wwe she looks incredible but her lip used to quiver so bad and like i was genuinely scared for her at some points um and it, it sucked man it sucks watching your friends starve themselves and they're miserable and let me i call it two week itis when you're two weeks out from the fight these fighters start to get really everything's on edge you know what i'm saying and like uh it's it's shit starts to get real, and when you're fucking hungry, it's like that Snickers commercial. You know, yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. yourself. It's 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 real life, man. Um, especially when you're getting ready to fight in front of the fucking world and potentially get your fucking teeth kicked in or some shit. You know, you don't know what the fuck's gonna happen. Um, I've you know, but yeah, uh, wins as crazy as someone that's been close to some of these fighters, and man, it's a fight game. A lot of times shit don't go your way how how are they post some of these vicious like oh. chokeouts knockouts because you've you've tweeted some stuff in the past about like man i hate the sport or you just like stay offline kind of thing oh it's it's the highest of highs and lowest of lows man i'll tell you what uh and it never gets easier you think no matter how many times but it never and my anxiety goes through the roof watching my friends fight. I fucking hate watching my friends fight. You know what I like? The after party Saturday when we win. You know, right. like, um, other than that, man, like, fuck, Luke was in the hospital with a broken jaw his last fight. This shit sucks, dude. I'm, like, trying to get a hold of him. Can't fucking find out what hospital he's at, this, that, and the other. Um, that shit's stressful as fuck. Um, and for me... I'm living with, you know, 90% of the people that I'm working with when I'm working for them because, you know, You're I'm capturing, yeah, I'm capturing moments in their life and the shit behind the scenes. And 
Um, so you become really connected with them and, and it becomes like family. You know, you're eating at the same table every night. What the fuck? That's family, you know? So, uh, you're breaking bread together and, and to see someone go through vicious losses is just fucking, it can be traumatizing sometimes, but man, nothing feels better than getting that W. It's the best feeling on the planet. And, uh, you know, especially when, if you're the underdog in the fight. Fuck, mm-hmm. that's that's a lot of fun too. I remember working for Fabrizio Verdum. Uh it was the very first fight camp I ever filmed, I think, in in its entirety. He was the one who asked me. Um it was uh him versus Fedor. No one gave him a shot in the world to win. Yeah. He was like a fucking eleven to one underdog or some shit like that. He was brought in to like be sacrificed to, you know, the great Fedor Milianenko and and uh everyone loved Fedor. When Fabricio tapped him out, that San Jose arena uh, was fucking, you could hear a pin drop, except for all the Brazilians and me. The one fucking <laughs> one white dude. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, God, I should have learned Portuguese so bad. Uh, I, but oh, dude, yeah. You definitely should have, especially I know. like it's so big in the culture. Of I know. I, I fucked up. Back then, because I was working with, like, Rafael Cordero at Kings MMA, who's a legendary coach of, like, the Shooter Box Academy back in the day. Like, guys like Vanerly Silva, Anderson Silva, you name it, Shogun. You know, he's been their tra- top trainer, and he still has multiple world champions under his belt, including Verdum. And, um, uh, they all spoke, spoke Portuguese. And I'd be at the fucking dinner table and want to be the only one not understanding shit. They're probably and didn't want to be rude and be on my phone. <laughs> so I'm just sitting there like, yep, nodding my head, like hoping that there's food or something to eat. <laughs> so I have some sort of like, because, you know. Um, They're probably talking mad shit about you. And you're just yeah, over there like nodding no, your head. Like, they, yeah. were, they were all the nice. And even Chris Cyborg, man. A lot of people don't know that I was working. Um, I was filming Chris a lot because of Rafael Cordero. I was working for Hoff. Um, before I met Rhonda and I actually made like a highlight video, Chris. And, uh, when I became like, like best homies, Rhonda, we started like, I was living with her and shit. Uh, she's like, you need to take that shit down. Everyone always wanted to see <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Cause I think, I think, um, I forget what I titled it. It was like, or I put like something like the baddest female of all time. So, something like that in the title or some shit like that. And, at that point in her career, Rhonda was like on, she wanted to end with Cyborg and she wanted to knock Cyborg out. That was like her Mingle. riding off into the sunset. Right. And, you know, um, so yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. But yeah, Chris was always very sweet to me. Um, she fucks with me now though when she sees me. She's like, ah, you know, I don't talk to you. You're Rhonda's guy. You're Rhonda's <laughs> guy. Yeah, but she's still very sweet. Uh, Man, what's your favorite place that you've ever been to? Because you've been all over the place. Dude, I've been ta- I've been saying this, I feel like, a lot lately. Uh, I've been telling people about Melbourne, Australia, and, and Japan. have been, like, two of my favorite places to go. And I can't wait to take my girlfriend to Melbourne. Because I think she'll love Japan, too. But, like, I was there working and still got to really enjoy the ambiance and atmosphere of each city and like i hated china right mm. hated it loved japan had the greatest time never forget went out to the fucking karaoke bar me ruby riot ronda travis uh braun Strowman, 
uh, fuck, Ember Moon, I think was with. I mean, dude, it was. We were all fucking throwing them back. Yeah, you Everybody guys singing. stood out with Braun Strowman. Oh, but no, but this is the brilliant thing. We had our own karaoke bar in Japan with our own bartender, and it was just us oh. in a fucking room doing karaoke and. I didn't put on the cameras or anything like that because it was such a like it was a moment you know you just fucking enjoy it you just enjoy it and I'll never forget dude Ruby Riot busting out um oh fuck I can't remember the name of the song now uh something badass and she fucking killed it and she I dude it blew me out of the water I like when she got up there and grabbed the microphone and started singing for real like that I was like holy shit it was like Tracy Chapman I forget um so I think it is some song by her, and she fucking killed it. Um, but yeah, Japan was dope, super clean, um, people super respectful. Uh, Melbourne was awesome. Uh, then the city life there was incredible. Everybody super nice. I got to pet a fucking kangaroo. <laughs> Can check that one off the bucket list. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was cool. Um, and we were there for in Australia for like the super showdown. So it was like a fucking huge show. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, God, that arena, I think, holds like something like 60 to 80,000 people or some shit like that. Yeah. It was insane. Um, I think I fucking still have like arthritis in my knees and joints and shit from walking around that goddamn stadium, you know, getting ready for the event. But like, uh, yeah, those, those places were great. Nightlife was awesome um, in both of those. Yeah, I could like live in Melbourne. I think. Really? Yeah, I could if if I if if my old lady wanted to move, and and said I'm ready to try something new, I'd be like, well, that's where I'd fucking I think I would go, but plus it's fucking that whole fucking country's on fire. Yeah, that was crazy, man. Yeah, shit, that was crazy. The UFC did a cool thing where they they gathered I think like over two million dollars and they were putting the logo on all their merch and shit. Yeah, and a lot of people reached out. That's good. Man, as we start winding down here, because I don't want to keep you much longer, I could talk to you for hours. Oh, um, good. Man, what would you say was uh, your favorite thing that you got to cover or shoot? Was it like a camp? Was it a uh, particular... <sighs> I don't think I've ever laughed as hard as I've... You know, I don't think I've ever laughed harder than working for Luke and DC together when they're both in camp and they're both in the gym at the same time. Holy shit, they talk so much shit to each other. But they're like brothers, you know, they love each other. But, God, they roast the shit out of each other to the point where I'm in tears. But I also am like, fuck, these guys might fight. <laughs> you know? uh, but, no, that was great. Uh, you try to break that up if they no, like that? Fuck, no, fuck, no. No way, man. I'm trying to get between those two lions, bro. Not a chance. I will get thrown to the... Sh- Remember when Dave Schaller got tossed by John Jones and fucking Daniel Cormier when they were going yeah. at it? Yeah. Um that that was similar thing would have happened to me for sure, but no, that was great. WWE is fucking awesome, but um, dude, uh, getting to know Nick and Nate and and working for them was a real life lesson on <clears throat> how to behave around fighters and how to fucking you know what they what they deserve and you know how they deserve to be treated and and the shit they actually go through. And how, uh, I mean, they changed saying, oh, I'm excited to see you fight. I'll never say that to my friends ever again. You know? Why? Um, 
because I don't get excited, I get anxious, I get nervous, and I don't want to put that on them. Oh, I never tell, I, I know, I'll never mean. tell my friend, hey, I bet on you, bro. Oh man, fuck you! Like, there's not enough pressure on me, dude. Like, come on, I don't need that shit on me. Um, you know, I I just noticed. Uh, Have you had people hit you up to tell oh, you that they should? I can imagine. Uh, people you, for anything, you name it. Tickets for like. Uh, oh, I mean, tickets. I uh, I feel like that would be a layup. You, you didn't even I hate tell that. me that, but yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, it, I mean, normally I can't stand it because, or everybody's like, "Hey, can you ask Rhonda?" And I'm like, "Nope." Like, sorry, man. Like, dude, my request list is just like, and sh- these people are already. They trust their circle, so that they don't have to deal with that, that shit. That shit, yeah. You know, and so, but. Uh, yeah, I'm still super thankful, and I'm definitely appreciative of all the the support. And because the ones that do show love, fucking are dope as shit. And the ones that still follow me and continue to support, no matter who the fuck I'm working for. I mean, because dude, everybody knows the AKA Academy and the Diaz Brothers Academy. <laughs> they're not best friends, right? You know what I'm saying? Um, but you historically, say cool they've been rivals, right. you know. Um, throughout the Northern California MMA days, like in the Strike Force days, those their teams were pitted up against each other in that, you know, in the local circuit. So, um, it's my dog playing with the fucking door thing. Yeah, but I don't know. I forgot what I was saying. No, with the tickets thing though, I I didn't. I mean, I felt like the tickets thing would be a layup, but I can I can never ask someone to, hey man, say this to some person. <laughs> Like I, that's never been my thing, bro. Yeah. Like never. And uh but the betting thing, that's that's interesting. I've never told Jared that I bet on him, but I have. Nick I have. flipped. Uh I've seen Nick like get really pissed off um when you when you tell him you're excited to see him fight or I love watching you fight. Like watch the demeanor in his face. Like especially old Nick, man. Fuck, that guy was psycho. He was psycho. It was crazy. Um I and can't believe he he hasn't fought in the UFC all this time, man. I still, he could get off the fucking couch and whoop someone's ass I tomorrow. It. I believe it. Tomorrow, that guy's a freak. I guarantee he can still run, fucking fifteen miles, bike twenty, swim five, whatever the fuck. I mean, no problem tomorrow if you asked him. He's a fucking freak of nature, and everybody knows he's been frequenting the nightclubs and enjoying his life as he should be. Uh, motherfucker's been fighting three, four times a year since he was like 16 years old. Mm. You know what that does? You know what those training camps, that's the hardest training camps, all the sparring, all that shit he's been through. Like, that shit's fucking gnarly. And so he didn't enjoy those teenage, he wasn't fucking slamming beers and crushing on girls and shit, you know? He was fucking tapping motherfuckers out in the gym and trying to cash checks to feed his family and, like, take care of... You know, show his brother something better than what his fucking brother was doing. You know, to the point where he felt responsible for him. And he's like, fuck, I got him in this shit, you know. Luckily, they're both getting payoffs that they fucking finally deserve. They should be in the whole fucking time. But, um. I was so pumped when he beat Connor. It's great. It was an awesome fight. Second fight was awesome, too. Um, Because he became like I remember the whole thing with Dana said that he wasn't uh, A needle needle mover Oh it pissed me off Actually Dana and I used to be cool before I worked for Nate And then um, I got kind of Nate's Side of the story I've experienced it firsthand with these fighters How they just get lowballed bro 
Like they just get like politics as usual. Oh right? my god! Like they'll just get super taken advantage of. Um, and you got you got guys that'll fucking fight for free. Like what the fuck, man? No, stop giving it away. You you know, like you're ruining it for everybody else. Stop, you know, sports already oversaturated as it is. Um, but that's why a guy like Nick can get off the fucking couch after not having fought for fucking. I don't, dude. When's the last time he fought? I think Four it's like years, five, five years. years? Yeah, yeah, okay. Because he got that dumb motherfucker will still do a million yeah. pay per views. Yeah. Guarantee it. Yeah, I guarantee it. That's big money. That's a lot of money, and I, and like, he deserves a big chunk of that. And uh, they tried to get they tried to get one over on Nate, and I saw it firsthand. And I called them out on their bullshit on Twitter, and Dana blocked me. He's pissed. Sorry, Dana. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, um, you just get a you get a different look at it when you and Nate. Everybody was like, "Yo, you're dumb. Just take a fight. Just you know, stop holding out." Same thing with Nick. Like, stop holding out, bro. Ninja. He was waiting for his motherfucking time, and he struck when the time was right, and he cashed in, and he was the only fight that they could make to save that. And you know, when Dos Anjos pulled out, and they called Nate. Nate was in fucking Mexico drinking. He wasn't fucking in camp, you know, but. They were like, oh, you know, you're going to fight at your contract. You know, Nate was like, fuck you. Find somebody else. I don't need you. I don't need him. I don't need any of this shit. I'm fucking enjoying my life. Cheers. I hung out the phone. Of course, they call back. Bro, he's the only dude who fucking. He sticks it to the man. Not only that, he he made Usada fucking. Remember this shit came out when he when he was fighting Mazadol? Yeah, I remember. And then he yeah, got. Yeah, he punked him. Yeah, and he was like, yo, I ain't fighting until yeah. they apologize to me. Yeah, that's like, crazy. Who's done that? <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about a fucking super clean athlete? I mean, he, he's the definition of clean athlete. Like, absolutely. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was, that was actually hilarious. I laughed when I read that. He flagged, he got flagged by USADA. I, I fucking, because I, I knew it was bullshit right away. That was the first time I was actually like, fuck, maybe USADA... Is fucking up on some of these guys, and maybe they're not fucking testing hot. And look what it's doing to the—it's tarnishing their fucking image. That's fucked up. I'd be suing. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, you made me look bad, and it's not even a real shit. You know? Like, yeah, oh no, that—that's an asterisk on your legacy. Exactly. That sucks, man. So, but I appreciate what they're trying to do and keep the sport clean. It's just fuck, man. I do. Yeah, it's it's the it's the one thing where that and judging. I'm just fucking over it. I mean, it. the judging is just. just what, what would you do with the judging? nine judges? Yo, nine judges surrounding. I've said seven. I've and, said seven. And seven I would three. also I would also put. Um, oh God, it's hard. I kind of want to say put headphones on them so they they can't hear the corners, they can't hear the crowd's reactions, they're not influenced by anybody. I also I'm like fuck, man. Why don't we just put them in a booth? And let them watch the fight with just the audio from the in-ring cage. I mean, but nine, I mean, dude, if nine people can't make up their fucking mind. Yeah. Uh, and 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 we get split decisions with nine judges and shit like that. You know, yeah, like, that's crazy. Come on. Yeah. You know, then we, that's a close enough fight where we'd be like, okay, definitely running that one back again. Yeah. But, you know, I just, um, and I, I know it'll never happen, but I, I kind of miss the old, like, Fucking, I just want to see one 15-minute round, one 25-minute round. Let's go, you know? Like, Close who's killer be killed, you know? Like, 
but they turned it into such a sport and there's silly rules I feel like um in uh in the sport and I know. think it'd be dope if if they had like yo it's the only sport where you don't know if you're winning or losing I don't uh, yes everybody's been talking about open scoring recently yeah, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that but um cuz like you don't want to get knocked out anyway but I could see why you would say us two were to fight. I've still seen fighters know that they're down the score, and know they got to go for broke, and still, because man, they're trying no matter what, bro. Right. You know, and it's just like, and you don't see too many fighters coast trying to like coast when they know when they think they're up on the scorecards for the most. Trying part. to put on a show, get a bonus. You know, yeah. I mean, you got, you know, it's this market's so oversaturated. You have to make a name for yourself. No one's going to watch a fucking point fighter these days. It's just not going to fucking happen. Yeah, it don't sell. It's just, yeah. you gotta, And that's why people will always watch a Diaz brother fight. It's kill or be killed. Ronda, same way. It's fucking, she knows one speed. It's fucking go. Yeah. You know? And uh, and that's, that's the Tyson effect and the Mike Tyson effect. He's fucking losing the fight before he even gets in the ring because you're so scared. And his aura and presence was just fucking insane. You know, you're talking about those, these fighters have that same presence in a way. They, they, Nick was in his fighters in people's heads. Like, oh man, this guy's calling me a bitch. Like, he said he's gonna fuck me up and call me oh, a bitch. Man, my like, favorite yeah. was with Robbie, Robbie yeah, Lawler. Yeah, I mean, dude, um, it you was, had to get hyped when you were here in your hometown, just like. Like the Stockton slap is a term now. I mean, yeah, I, it's, Stockton motherfucker. Yeah, uh, that is pretty funny though. The Stockton slap. Um, fucking yeah, yeah. He used to punk me, boy. I just slapped you. What, bitch? What are you gonna do about it? Oh, like, fuck, bro. You just slapped me. Like, oh man, that sucks. Like, dude, that's in the sport where you got to punch yeah, someone in the face. So morally deflating. So yeah. disrespectful. Oh god, yeah. So disrespectful. Um, oh, in front of all your friends and family. Like, oh, my little time to be a slap you. Before he boxed you up and choked you out. Damn, you know. Um, yeah, he made you feel like a punk. But, you know, you see how he treated the legends like Frank Shamrock and stuff like that. He, he bodied Frank Shamrock so hard, but he was first one there to pick him up. I think Big John McCarthy thought that because there was so much animosity going into the fight because Frank had beat Caesar, his coach at the time, beat him so soundly, and and then bragged and was just Frank Shamrock because being Frank Shamrock and Nick fucking hated it. Um, so, but you know Frank's a legend, mm. and I think Big John McCarthy thought that the fight wasn't over after he stopped it, and Frank and Nick just went to lean down and picked him up. He's like, "You're a legend. Get up, get up. You're a legend." Um, that. It, that's the most um I think that's the most affection you'll ever see, see from from Nick Diaz. You know, like his uh towards you know someone he just whooped their ass. Yeah, I mean it's just Yo, it's uh, crazy how many times you see that after fights, like all that shit talking and then it's just a different level of respect, man. Because if you, you fight, just, you you know, you you leave it all out there, man. Like And you can respect that. Yeah, man, I I'm I mean, I've trained and stuff like that, and even doing, like, sparring rounds, you're like, if, you know, because for me, I'm not a pro fighter. So you go through a sparring round, for you, it feels like a fucking fight. So for in your experience, in your mind, you're like, oh, you're going through this, you know. Um, you can say that. I just started taking up jujitsu. It's awesome. It was but great. Like three Best months. shape of my life. I just, um, my dumb ass got my arm broke in an open weight tournament, and 
um, just, you know, healing sucks. And sitting on a couch and going from training twice a day to not being able to move and then you're all fucked up on painkillers and shit all day, every day, and it's fucking with your mind. And I blew up, got hella fat. And um, uh, now I'm 34 and I'm like, fuck, man, I can't stay healthy. Back's fucked up, thumbs fucked up, ankles are fucked up. I'm like, dude, what is happening to me? And I see why these fighters are shooting them shit up with TRT and fucking doing all this shit to rejuvenate their body the best way they can. Because, bro, you do not have a fucking long lifespan in this sport. Hell yeah. Dude, 10 years max is what I give you with a few exceptions to the rule. Um, I think you're being generous, bro. Oh, very. Years. Yeah. Very. That's, that's, you're talking about like the Chuck Liddells, yeah. and, you know, John Jones. Yeah. You're talking about some, yeah. And not to mention that most of these guys, before they even get in MMA, have had some sort of combat career. Or fighting amateur. Uh, train kickboxing. Dude, and the shit. bruises and bumps that come in the gym are fucking gnarly. I think that's, I've gotten fucked up just playing around after training one time, just joking around, fucking bam, put toilet cartilage on my rib. I've never had a, a fucking injury more painful in my life, bro. Every time I was living with Ron at the time, she would come in the room and she'd try to fucking make me laugh. And, bro, if you laugh and you have, like, a dislocated rib or, like, your rib cartilage is fucked up, it's the most... You want to blow your fucking brains out. God forbid you sneeze. Oh, my God. you, Dude, somebody kill me. You know, so Ron used to think it was funny because I'd be in tears laughing and literally in really <laughs> in serious pain. And uh, there's nothing you can really do about it. You just got to fucking let it heal, you know? And... Uh, Oh god, it's one of the, I would I'd break my arm a million times over before I ever tore my rib again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I fucking hate it. Man. Couldn't even wipe my ass for like two weeks, man. It was fucking <laughs> awful. Cause think about it, your core. What can you do? You can't sit up. Yeah. I had to be helped out of bed. Um, couldn't roll out of bed on my own. Oh, it's the fucking worst, worst pain. Yeah, it sucked. And now I'm hearing I remember Nate fought um Rafael dos Anjos coming back from that. Uh, like he, I think it, it happened during his camp or something like that. Um, Them but you never pull out never, of fights. Never, never, ever, ever have they pulled out of a fight, which is fucking insane. Cause think about how many people they fought and who they fought, and you just never hear it. And their motto is like, dude, if you don't make it to war, you lose the war. You know, that's so gangster. And bro. they're so mental warfare too. Like when it comes to that, that um, that's that fucking. Uh, you know the art of war shit there it's just as much mental as it is fucking and uh you know people say oh it's an act it's no it's not an act motherfucker that's what happens when you're in that fight game and you you know um you, that's the way that's their mindset and it's not a fucking gimmick and it's real shit and if you come up to the Diaz brothers in fucking Las Vegas and you see them at the bar and you start mouthing off you're, you won't even get slapped by them because they have so many fucking crew that's willing to ride for them, you know, to the fucking death that you'll get slapped by one of them and not even see it, yeah. you know? And, and that crew is also there so that they don't catch a charge also. Bro, McGregor Diaz too, I thought for sure shit was going to go down in the hotels because the, the Irish fans, I mean, I love them to death. They're passionate. They have a fucking great time, but they're mouthy as fuck and they you know, Mike Tyson said, you know, people, the internet's got people, uh, you know, feeling too confident yeah. and saying whatever the fuck they want and not getting punched in the mouth for it. Dude, 
They will fucking punch you. There's a fucking video of uh, Hanato Laranja, that comedian, the, mm-hmm. uh, and he was fucking with Nate Diaz at a expo, and Nate fucking flashed on him. There's a video all over it online, and uh, you don't fuck with him. And and Hanato was trying to be funny. And he tried to laugh it off, and Nate was no fucking like Nate was about to fuck him. Uh, I had uh, I had Ariel Hawani on my show like two weeks ago, yeah. and I asked them about uh, when's the one time that you interviewed someone and you thought that. Like you were in, like, yeah, I'm about to get fucked up. And he said, Nick Diaz. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> he said Nick, Nick told him. And the video, there's a video on YouTube. Yeah, I remember like, that video. Like, well, I'm from people like you get slapped. Yeah. <laughs> that like, became yeah. a legendary thing, dude. Um, and, you know, I felt bad for Hawani at the time because Hawani was just doing his fucking job. Right, right. And, and, but Hawani wasn't, uh, I don't feel like, exposed to as many fighters at the time as he has been it was, now. Uh, this is an old... Oh, he, I think he was working for, like, AOL Fan House yeah, or something like that. Yeah, this was way back in the day. Uh, I remember, dude. I very much remember because Ariel was always cool to me coming up. And I was a punk kid, had no business in the media section, like I said, uh, at the time. And he was... Um, he was just an overachiever. You just knew he had big things on the horizon for him. And he was just, I always treated everybody with respect, I felt like. Um, but then again, I get along with everybody. So if you don't like me, you're the fucking asshole, you know? Amen to that. <laughs> Amen to that. Mike, listen, I've kept you long enough, bro. It I was appreciate an, you having me, dude. It really. was an absolute pre- pleasure. Long overdue. It's Lazy the Savage on Instagram. You'll see him popping up. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Jessica I, too. You did her. Oh, yeah, that was a great time. Yeah, so. Jessica I, I love her. She's great. This is the last question for sure. Yeah. When's the next time you're going to be in New York? My my girlfriend's been dying to go. Oh, I think we just need to travel. Bro, you got a perfect tour guide. If I'm there, dude, I know. Bro, you've already shown us a great time. So, Um, uh, dude, maybe uh, we'll do a SummerSlam again. Have fucking old time's sake. It was beautiful. The weather was beautiful oh, out there yeah, that time was, of year. Oh, yeah. I, t- I told Jen. I, I, I'll be honest, man. New York isn't my place to be honest. Like, you guys are so fast paced. Like, I'm the type, if I bump into you on the street, I'm like, oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Bro, ain't nobody got time for that shit in New York. They yeah. got more pissed off that I was stopping them to apologize. Like, what are you wasting my fucking yeah, time for? Can't. I'm like, man, I just bumped you. I felt bad. Like, I think I stepped on your <laughs> shoes, shit. I'm like, uh, no, they don't want to hear that shit. They're like, keep fucking walking, bro. You know. Um, well, I gave I gave your lady the warning before. I was like, hey man, if you New Yorkers, we're just in a hurry. Yeah, <laughs> that's all it is. Like, don't waste our time. I did go to the, one of the best restaurants I've ever been to. My, I, I think it's called uh, Classic Italian. Brad Slater, Ronda's agent, dude. It was some private ass shit, dude. It was like walking into fucking. It was it was so good that it wasn't even like a public restaurant. It was fucking insane. I gotta find the name of the restaurant, but I remember it was in New York during the time of SummerSlam. Um, yeah, good time to go in the summer. Just make sure you don't wear jeans like I did that one time. Yeah, I went, I went down to Dumbo with Jen just to show around because yeah. it's like a really nice. If, you, if anyone listening to this, if you ever go down to Dumbo, it's like a beautiful view of the city, but from like the Lower East Side moving up. And it was like 95 degrees. And for some weird fucking reason, I wore jeans. And I'm sweating. I was like, this is a terrible mistake. <laughs> yeah, it was hot. I remember. It was a good time. So. But guys, thank you all for listening. Mike, once again, it was a pleasure. Thank you for bringing me into your home and Absolutely. doing thank this. You. Like I said, Lazy the Savage. I'll make sure I have all his stuff up on the description of the show. And as far as I go, you know where to find me at The Lamb Show. And I'll catch you guys next time. Yay, yay. I just like the sound.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.